Shri Guru Vishnu Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Shri Krishna Janmashtami Ki Jai. So, good morning everyone. Welcome. I want to uh, speak a little bit as by way of uh, introduction to the to the subject of Krishna Janmashtami, the story of Krishna's appearance. And um, we're going to do that also, and in the context of that, we're going to extend the blessing for chanting the holy name formally under the guidance of our parampara to one of our students. And so the talk will conclude with my imparting of the name and beads and so forth. So we'll segue into a little bit about that as well. And again, this will serve as some type of introduction to the subject, which we'll be discussing throughout the evening uh, in a number of sessions like this. It'll probably be a little shorter in length. Same format that we uh, came up with last year that worked pretty good. Um, And uh, also... Uh, as I mentioned earlier this morning, after the talk and, and uh, initiation and so forth, there'll be Abhishek for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This very much follows in the spirit of the uh, the uh, way in which the Janmashtami is celebrated in the Niti Lila, the uh, eternal unmanifest Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Nadia. We discussed that at some length last last year, <clears throat> but in brief, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has his own lila in Nadia, and um, this is a land uh, sometimes uh, referred to as Sadhana Siddha Bhumi. So Bhumi means land or place, earth, that place, that land where sadhakas, or excuse me, siddhas, perfected devotees, engage in the lila as sadhakas or practitioners. Hmm? Uh, and they play hard, so they're lost in their play. But they are sadhakas, practitioners, worshipping through Sankirtan, the congregational chanting of Krishna's name, Radha and Krishna. And of course, they're transported into the Leela as the Kirtan has the power to do for us. But first it has to uncover us from so many other coverings or desires or interests that are in the way. They have no such other interests. So immediately the power and efficacy of the name, hmm, its full force comes to bear and Mahaprabhu and his associates are transported from Nadia Leela as practitioners into the Krishna Leela and where they find themselves as as players. <clears throat> it's a very esoteric concept uh, deep within the super subjective world, if you will. But at any rate, they're in, uh, in the ways that we celebrate the Janamastami. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu does as well. Rising early, bathing in the morning in the Ganges, coming, hearing the Bhagavatam discourse from Gadadhar Pandit, hmm? and followed by Kirtan, led by Sarup Damodar, his confidential secretary, and Again, they're transported into 
the leelas that Gadadhar Pandit has spoken about. And they come back out. And in the context of those leelas, of course, there's the, there's the, it's an eight-day affair. Hmm? The Janamastami in Goloka, in the Nityalila of Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan, it starts on the first day of the waning moon of the month of Bhadra this month. We're on the eighth day, which is the day of the Janamastami. So from the first day all the way to the eighth, seven days a week or so, uh, the celebrations begin with sending invitations from Nanda Baba's house, first of all, to to the father and mother of, of Radha, the other principal couple within the Braj Mandal, Nanda Maharaj and his dear wife, Yashoda Mai, and uh, Bishabhanu Maharaj and Kirtida, mother and father, respectively, of Krishna and Radha. And from there to other parts hmm? throughout the Brajmandal. Invitations are sent. This is the first day. Uh, messengers are sent out. And then uh, so on. <laughs> anyway, it goes for about seven days. Uh, gradually the guests assemble and so forth. Mahaprabhu in his leela begins the celebration on the day before. Hmm? But here in the narrative of Gadadhar Pandit, uh, he and his associates enter into the entirety of the celebration, which culminates, uh, in, in in one respect, in the the, the ba- sacred bathing of of uh, of Krishna, dressing him and so on and so forth. This is uh, something that goes on, of course, every year in the Nityalila for Krishna. We're celebrating the beginning of the birth, so to speak, of the unborn, hmm? the birth of the unborn in the world of apparent birth. And death, and um, so after the bathing ceremony, in their own meditation on Krishna Lila, in Gaur Lila, then the devotees come back into so-called external consciousness of Gaur Lila, and they see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's not different from Krishna, so they begin Abhishek for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So. We, after the discussion here, we'll do the Abhishek for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu later in the evening, corresponding with the discussion of the Leela and so forth of Krishna's birth, we'll have the Abhishek for Krishna also. Hmm. So, that said, I, I want to begin this uh, story in a peculiar way, and I'll uh, explain why as I go forward. Hmm. I'd like to read you a letter, part of a letter, a statement from a letter that was written by... Um, Sir Isaac Newton <laughs> to the uh, <laughs> Reverend Dr. Uh, Richard Bentley. This was regarding the hypothesis um, that uh, presumed the possibility of action hmm, and movement, I should say, uh, uh, of physical objects without physical uh, contact curious idea it was. Newton wrote, the gravity, that, that, that gravity should be innate, inherent, and essential to matter, so that one body may act upon another at a distance through a vacuum without the mediation of anything else by and through which their action and force may be conveyed from one to another is to me so great an absurdity that I believe no man who has 
in philosophical matters, a competent faculty of thinking can ever fall into it. It's a little bit of old type of English. <laughs> but the gist of what he's saying is that he did not, he could not fathom or believe or any, think any person with a, with a, um, any thoughtful uh, person could possibly come to the conclusion that there could be movement of physical objects without physical contact at, at, at a distance, which, of course, has we've come to, to know, at least from the modern science lens, that this is absolutely a fact. Hmm? So his ideas, his convictions, um, he would be very surprised, let us say, um, to uh, realize that uh, such was, was possible. So the point being here that there are things that are believed even today in our world through the lens that, that the world is mostly looked at from a philosophical and scientific um, perspective that um, are absolutely impossible and only crazy people would think like that, that, in my opinion, will come to pass, it will come to pass that those things will be held to be true and the thinking that they were absurd or impossible um, will be passé at, at best. And all this has to do with the nature of consciousness. Now, what that has to do with John Mostomy, maybe <laughs> your question. In other words, what I'm saying is that it's, it's commonly thought today that the position that we take and the position that's put forward, really, if properly understood in the John Mostomy story, that consciousness is a transnatural reality. And it says much more about it than that as well, but this is just a beginning idea. That idea, just the beginning idea, that consciousness is different from matter, that it's not confined, therefore, by time and space, is thought to be um, mostly, in the, in the, by the majority opinion, by, lar- by far, in the philosophical and scientifically informed community to be a, a, a fairy tale. Hmm. So that's where we're living here. In a, it's uh, in, a, in a story. We're living in a story uh, that, uh, of John Mostomy. Hmm? And we'll see how crazy it is as we, as we go forward. We'll consider it. Um, but... Um, the John Mastami, we, I say it's a story. It is a story, and um, it's a story in which um, the highest prospect and potential of consciousness is played out and and uh, explained. In the story of John Mastami, we find that there is that there is um, there is matter, hmm? something called matter, referred to as, as maya shakti. It has two sides, jiva maya, guna maya. 
In terms of gunamaya, it has certain constituents. Hmm? In terms of jivamaya, this speaks about its power, the power of the package, of the glare, the glitter of, of the package, if you will, of, of, of matter to attract uh, our attention and enamor us in such a way that we become identified um, with, with matter. Hmm? And a false sense of self arises. Hmm? This matter... Uh, as understood in the story of John Mastami, is has two divisions: a physical division and a psychic division, or gross and subtle division. Hmm? We refer to the, uh, the, the 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 both of them as as really the objective world, hmm? even while the mind and psychic dimension has a subjective kind of component. But in the story of Janamastami um, and the philosophy that underlies it and so forth, mm-hmm. as understood from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, mm-hmm. this subtle uh, and subjective nature of mind is a quality, the quality of subjectivity derived from consciousness itself. Mm-hmm. Consciousness itself is often referred to in the, in the literature as chit. Mm-hmm. And the subtle form of matter that I'm in a loose sense referring to as mind, the antakarana, that really has four uh, aspects, buddhi, ahankar, citta, and manas. The citta hmm, there is referred to as chit abhas. Hmm? So we have chit, consciousness proper, and chit abhas. Abbas means like a shadow or, or a reflection. Hmm? So mind is something, a subtle form of matter that has the power to, to be a reflector of pure consciousness and thereby take on a kind of a quasi-subjective uh, nature itself. And it serves as kind of a medium between consciousness itself and the gross world of, of physical matter. Hmm? But above, if you will, and beyond these two dimensions of matter, hmm, physical and psychic, a, an objective quality to the physical and a quasi-subjective quality to the, to the psychic dimension of matter, above both of these, we have consciousness itself that we are thought in the story of John Mastami to be a particle of. But we're not the only player there. Hmm? and their divisions of consciousness. So we as a spark, if you will, of the fire of, of consciousness are an individual unit and that individual unit is a unit of being, of awareness and of loving. Satchit Ananda. Hmm? However, there are other, as I say, divisions of Consciousness as well. So besides the jiva mai, or the, excuse me, the jiva shakti, ourselves, the atman, the jivatma, hmm? a unit of being, knowing, and loving, there is the sarup shakti, hmm? which is also constituted of of being, of awareness, and of loving, but of a much greater degree. Hmm? 
to such a degree that it has the power to dispel the, in, the uh, influence of the Maya Shakti, the darkness, if you will, of ignorance of, the, uh, of, of Maya Shakti, but more than that as well. Hmm? And notably, of course, by comparison, we, although a unit of being, knowing and loving, don't have the same capacity to dispel on our own the influence of the Maya Shakti. The Sarup Shakti has that power and has another power, a further power, a greater power as well. That is to overwhelm the Godhead. And that's what we mean in the full sense of the term, of its capacity to overwhelm. That's what we mean by Krishna. The Godhead overwhelmed by, by the loving capacity of the Swarup Shakti. Hmm? So these, of course, are interesting ideas hmm, for spiritually-minded people. Um, and they're all part of the story of, uh, of John Mostamy. It's kind of some, some of the underlying philosophical um, groundwork, canvas, on which the art of the story, the leelas, is drawn. Hmm? Most of you are familiar with these uh, these concepts. Hmm? Um, but again, it's just a story. It's just a story in the sense that it's not something that can be proved in a laboratory. Hmm? And it's not the modern story today of who we are, what we are, why we are, hmm? what is our potential. But it is a story about that. Hmm? So that's an important story. It's all about us, what we are, why we are, what our potential is. Hmm? Mm -hmm. It's an old story. And there's a new story today that's more prominent that describes who we are, what we are, why we are, and so forth. Hmm? These are competing stories, then, in, in, in a sense, because the, the conclusions are very different in, uh, in between them. Hmm? In the other story, the other story is kind of, we have, could have, call it different names. We could, it, it's a kind of a scientific uh, materialism hmm? um, or uh, physicalism, physicalism. In physicalism, the idea is that there are nothing, there is nothing but physical forces. Hmm? There's nothing beyond that. Hmm? It sounds a little less exciting than the previous story. <laughs> um, a little lacking in imagination, if you will. Um, but really, oppose, as opposed to the Janmasmi story, in uh, physicalism, there is no, there is no self. Hmm? There, there, the lights are on, so to speak, but there's nobody home. Hmm? The, the, that, that, that sense of a self that we all um, put a lot of credibility in hmm? um, and get up for every day and so forth, it doesn't really exist in that story. Hmm? There are only physical uh, forces. Hmm? Um, even the idea of a mind a subtle form of matter is highly uh, questionable. Hmm? Um, 
The story, if you will, of physicalism begins with a big, um, with nothing exploding. Nothing, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's supposed to somehow. Nothing explodes. You'd think the story might end there, but it doesn't. It goes on at some length. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, it, and as it unfolds, of course, um, the world that comes out of, that explodes out of nothing, um, has no meaning. It has no overarching uh, purpose. There's nothing to attain, to accomplish. Um, there is... There is no self, and as far as rational discourse goes, uh, it has absolutely no more meaning, maybe less, than the sound of rain drops falling on your yurt, hmm? or your tent, your roof at night. Hmm? Now, obviously I'm playing out the implications, the ramifications that aren't underscored and talked about um, very much, because if they were, it's a pretty hard sell. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's rather unappealing. Its strength, therefore, doesn't uh, lie as a story in its implications and ramifications, but in subplots within it, mm-hmm. certain findings that are observable, that it can show you, and they make sense. Um, but it's the weaving of these together into an arguable truth based on these subplots that, 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 that that's, that's in question hmm? in, uh, from the vantage point of the John Mostmy story. Hmm? The conclusion, the implication, in other words, they sew together certain truths. This is true, see? This is true, see? This is true. Then you weave them together into a story. A story that cannot be like the Janamastami story, let's say. Let's say the Janamastami story cannot be proven in a lab. I think I'm going to mention that. Hmm? The, however, the Janamastami story does not think. It presents an idea. It, it doesn't hold, I should say, to the idea that unless it can be demonstrated in the lab, something is not true. It would thinks this to be a very kind of myopic idea. Um, you know, it's a kind of if I if you, if I see it, I'll believe it, and um, that's kind of small-minded. Even when the fact is it looks are deceiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it it doesn't hold this. Of course, the physicalist story holds that unless it is something is proven in the lab, it's not true. Its story itself, of course, is not yet proven in the lab. And the John Mastami story tells us that it, it never will be either. Hmm? So there are some differences, uh, basic differences, between the, uh, the two stories, what they hold for us, what, uh, what prospect, um, and so forth. And, um, and, and again, the strength of the physicalist story is not in its really implications, ramifications, conclusions that, that render reason meaningless, hmm, 
that put any moral judgments in question, good or bad, is rather arbitrary. Um, it, it, it again sews together these subplots, and it also, this is probably one of its selling points, is that it really um, promotes the idea of, 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 of sense indulgence, or it doesn't, it doesn't seek to restrict that in ways that the John Mostomy story does. It calls upon us to restrict our sensual uh, pursuits. It, it gives a lot of credibility to, to reason, even as it speaks about something beyond the senses and beyond reasoning. Hmm? A, what I would call, in the language of Puja Pachita super subjective world. If you want to call the mind a subjective world, I call it kind of a quasi-subjective realm. Hmm? Then the realm of consciousness proper, the super subjective world. Hmm? This is where the John Mastami story takes place. And this, from the John Mastami story's perspective, is the real world. Hmm. We hear this story, we have some faith in that. It, it, it offers a certain prospect and promise and so forth that's very inviting. Hmm. It says much about our, ourselves compared to the physicalist story. It calls upon us to, to um, act in a very different way hmm, than the physicalist story calls upon us to act, which... It doesn't call upon us to do anything in particular. Hmm? Um, um, But it speaks about, if you will, comparatively, rather than a profane or a mundane universe, a sacral or a universe that has uh, a sacrificial purpose at its its heart. It has a dharma. Hmm? Um, it's the sacrifice from that's the womb from which love is born, and so it speaks to us, to us about the prospect of love. It's rather confirming of our everyday human experience that love is desirable, um, and the perfection of love would be, um, well, the perfection of life, if you will. Um, these are nice ideas, um, but from the physicalist point of view, that's kind of a, thought to be what they call naive reality. Hmm? Hmm. It's not the real picture, which is very disconcerting in one sense, and very, very empty and, um, and, and meaningless, literally meaningless. Hmm? So, in the super, uh, there's there's a idea here. There's a world beyond sense perception, objects of senses, gross matter, beyond things that is, and beyond thought. Mm-hmm. We hear the story, we like it. We're, it's inviting. The prospect is in, enticing. It appeals to our intuitive sensibility mm-hmm. that we're a real person, a real entity, and we have a capacity to love and a loving propensity can be fulfilled, and, and so forth. Um, but even though we hear about it, we find ourselves 
rather attached to the so-called real world hmm, of things and and thoughts. And he, the Janamastami story is make, making a strong statement that the real world is not the world of things and thoughts. Hmm? It's a meditative, super subjective world where all possibilities lie. Hmm? It's not that they lie in the subjective world in such a way that I can live in the, medi- in the, in the physical world and go and meditate so that I can get things here in the physical world, as some people think of it foolishly. Hmm? I will meditate, and then I'll get money, I'll, I'll have my affirmations, and I'll get my new car, and so on and so forth. Not like that. Hmm? You can do anything there, but you have to go there. Hmm? You have to live there. You have to leave the world of things and thoughts behind. You have to leave your shoes at the door to go there, hmm? to enter in and reside there. You have to become a member there. Hmm? As we heard this morning in our brief reading, Devaki was of the same nature as Krishna. Hmm? Devaki, the mother of Krishna in Mathura, of the same nature. We didn't play out the implications. We just read what it said, but here it comes somewhat to the fore in the course, course of our present uh, discussion. Hmm? To enter the subjective world one has to leave thought and things behind. Hmm? We're very much like the story, but we're very much attached to our, our thoughts and our things. And our thoughts are not, when I say our thoughts, I mean thoughts independent of the, of the theological and philosophical thinking that underlies the, 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 the story of John Mastami, the world that Janamastami takes place in. So there's a place for thinking, hmm? spiritualized thinking, if you will. I mean, we're trying to do it right now. Um, but mostly our thoughts are otherwise, and they're mostly about things, and about getting them or getting rid of them. Hmm? Um, and so the idea that the subjective world is the real world, it's a bit of a, a jump, hmm? in a sense, in terms of how people are oriented, even ourselves as sadhakas. But you should think it out a little bit. We should think it out together. That how real is the physical world and even compared to the mental world? I mean, it's thought sometimes in the modern world, in the physicalist story, if there is a mind, an immaterial non-physical mind, it's something that emerges from a brain like, like steam from water and doesn't have any consequence or anything. It's, and that'd be phenomena of the, of, of the brain only, not something to be um, concerned with. Hmm? <laughs> but really, um, in the world of the mind, which is a, the quasi-subjective world, not the super-subjective world, that's where all, everything goes on, isn't it? Hmm? I mean, pleasure and pain, they don't really happen in the body. They happen in the mind. Hmm? If your mind's not turned on, hmm? then even if your senses come in touch with something pleasurable or something um, painful, the experience of it you won't have. Indeed, experience hmm, is life. Hmm? Not just 
physical objects touching one another, but the experience of the touching. This experience is all non-physical. So we really live, even now, in a metaphysical world, Hmm? a world beyond physics. In all of our things, we want... If we want, if we make judgments, if we want justice, for example, hmm? right, uh, political correctness, or something like this, uh, uh, to, to make a judgment, hmm? what's socially right. This is not anything physical. Hmm? A judgment is not something that you can hope. You know, you can. It's not. It's not made. Out, it's not a thing. Hmm? It's a thought, hmm? isn't it? Um, so we, we really live, for all intents and purposes, in a subjective world. Indeed, the fact of the matter is that the, the, the physicalist worldview hmm, that's so opposed to the Janamastami story, hmm, why are we wasting our time out here in the forest talking about some ancient myth hmm, with all kinds of fantastic... Um, um, uh, events and so forth. Hmm? Um, that story, the physicalist story, is one that begins with a certain premise. All the entire, for example, scientific enterprise begins with a certain premise. That premise is that there is an objective world. You have to understand that point. It's, that's a not approvable. You cannot prove that there is an objective world. When Burton Russell wrote his famous uh, essay on the nature of matter, atheist, of famous fellow, um, he came to the conclusion that the only thing that we can really say is real is our own consciousness. He meant our own experiencing perception. We may think that there's a world, there are other people, hmm? but we don't know that. All we know is that I'm, ex- I'm experiencing. Hmm? That's all we know. Our story begins with this truth. The only thing we really know, the Janamastami story, that I exist as a, as a unit of experience, spe- experiential reality. And it builds on this and develops this, what the possibilities of experience are when we go within the self hmm, and enter into the world that it is... That it's, the soil, to use Pujapachita Marjah's language, that, that, it, that it comes from, that self. Hmm? We begin with a true, the only thing that's really, um, well, you, you, you have to believe in it, so to speak. Hmm? It's, not, it's not something that, as we often hear, you need to prove that there is a soul. Hmm? The burden of proof is on you. We don't need to prove that there's an experiencer. Hmm? <laughs> We don't, need, we don't need to prove that there's, there, there's consciousness. Hmm? To prove that there's, an, that there's a world of matter, that, yeah, the, good luck with that. Hmm? Now, you know, you, you, you do things and you get certain responses within and then you reach that conclusion. But the point is that it itself is not something that can be demonstrated in a laboratory. Hmm? You cannot say if that's just not going on in your mind and you're the only one that 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 it's existing. Hmm? 
So how real then, hmm? how much credibility should we give to the world of things when the world of thought hmm, brings things into question? Hmm? And the world of thought then, hmm, as we look at it, of course, we're going from objective to subjective, I call it quasi-subjective. In the world of thought, there are many possibilities that lie, and we want to go beyond not only things, but beyond thought as well. But I use the world of thought to speak to us about the idea, to help bring us in the direction of the idea that the real world is the subjective world, hmm? not the objective world of things. Hmm? And if we can come to embrace that and move away from things, then our thoughts will change also. What we think about will change. If we, th- if we think that the real world is the world of things, and there is a world of things, then our minds are going to be after those things. If we shed light on the, uh, on the, the, that, the, question, that, the questionable nature of that kind of thinking, hmm? then it's possible that, it, we, that our thinking will move in a different direction, away from things. And the mind can then be, as the Gita says, Udared Atmanan, Atmanam, Atmanam Babasadayat, Atmana. It's either the enemy or it could be the friend. Hmm? So the John Mastami story is how to make the mind a friend hmm? and this quasi spiritual chit abas aspect of our present conditioning turn it into something that's useful that can help us to do what? to move away from things and their pursuit, which is, in the story of John Demosthenes, very illusory and very empty. And in the story of physicalism, <laughs> it's very empty. I mean, it's so empty that there's no one even pursuing the things. I don't worry that. How, you know, that, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense is true. Don't, you can think that it should, but it, it really doesn't. That there's no self and so on and so forth. So, to think now in a way that can help us to move in the direction of entering into, becoming a member hmm, um, of, of the subjective world, where we belong, like a fish does, for example, in the water, rather than on, on the sand. Hmm? So, how to do that? That, that? That's a question. Of course, the very narrative of the John Mastami is, is about that. Um, the story is different. Uh, as I said, the physicalist story is there was nothing and it exploded. Hmm? And it proceeds from there. The Janamasmi story is that, that, that the unborn is born hmm? in the world. Hmm? All of these things I mentioned earlier, part of the story, the Maya Shakti, the Jiva Shakti, the Sarup Shakti, and the Godhead himself, hmm? Are all, all these things are within the Godhead, in a sense. Like a fire, has heat and light, sparks and smoke. Smoke is like the Maya Shakti. Hmm? It's part of the fire, kind of. Hmm? It doesn't exist independent of the fire. Hmm? Sparks are part of the fire. They're like it, but they're different. You cannot heat yourself and cook with a, with a spark, but it's fire. Hmm? And then fire has heat and light. 
The Maya Shakti is like the smoke. The chit, the jiva, is like the sparks. Hmm? The heat and light, that is a sarup shakti. Hmm? Maya Shakti, sarup shakti, two different sides in between the jiva shakti, ourselves. Two different environments. A smoke environment, which is <coughs> lacking oxygen <laughs> and uh, troublesome. And then the heat and light. Hmm? Heat and light means samvit and ladini. Light, samvit. It, it is luminous, hmm? enlightening, knowledge, in other words, which is often represented by fire or you know, a light bulb in the head, graphically speaking. So it has knowledge, it's luminous, it's enlightening, and it has heat. Heat means it has feeling, hmm? love, hmm? some bit ladini. This is the heat and light of the fire. The heat and light is very close to the fire. It's easier to think of sparks separate from the fire and smoke separate from the fire than it is to think of heat and light separate from the fire. But still, there is some difference and some oneness, and this is how close this Sarup Shakti is to Bhagawan Krishna himself. All these things are within him, and he is independent of them. He, he enters the world. He's unborn, but he enters the world hmm? of Maya Shakti, populated by Jeev Shakti. Hmm? It's not hard to understand. We've entered the world. Hmm? In our story, we are Satchitananda, and we're in the material world. How does God enter the material world? But we're already here, hmm? and we're from the same, of the same substance, basically. Hmm? We are Chit. Hmm? It means, and we are. I mean, we exist, that we know. And we know that we exist, so we have some knowing. Hmm? And we know that we exist, and in that knowing that we exist, we, if we think about it, we find that we are driven by a purpose. Hmm? A purpose to love, to perfect our knowing, hmm? which is loving. I mean, we all function like this. Hmm? We do it, obviously, in relation to the Maya Shakti, identified with it, and it's, it's problematic and so forth. But uh, to say that we are a unit of being, knowing, and loving is not, not to say much. It's not a stretch of your imagination. Hmm? Hmm. So to build on that basic idea is rather intuitive and develop it philosophically and so forth. This is what the story of John Mastami, the Bhagavat, does for us. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So a different, a different beginning. A big, something began, out of, uh, there was an explosion of nothing and so forth. Here, this is a little bit different. Hmm. The unborn is born. Just like we're in the world, we're spiritual, Hmm? But we're in the material world. Krishna takes birth in the material world. The difference is that he knows he's here. Hmm? We don't. We don't know it's us that are here, that we are out of water, so to speak, and on the, on the soil. Hmm? And uh, he knows, and he is further not affected by it. Hmm? Not affected by it means what? Not affected by it means that... that the power, as I said, and he, how is he here? How has he done this? By the power of love. Hmm? That is his Atma Mahaya. 
that is a sarup shakti that bhakti is constituted of. By the power of love, he's present in the world. Pritranaya sadunam binashaya tuduskritam dharma samstapanartaya sambhavami duge duge, he says. Pritranaya sadunam. He says, first comes first. I come because of bhakti. Paritranaya hmm? sadhanam. There are two forces in the world. People are moving under the force of karma, hmm? a moral force, and some people are moving under the force of bhakti, hmm? a spiritual force. Hmm? This maya shakti's influence, one environment, the sarup shakti's influence, bhakti, another environment. Hmm? Those under that influence, bhakti's influence, just like there's an Adi karma, there's an Adi bhakti, <laughs> if you will, in the world. It's always, there's always sadhakas in the world. Hmm? And when their sadhana reaches a point where separation from their object of love can, cannot, they cannot bear. Hmm? Well, their object of love cannot bear it either. And for this reason he comes, paritranaya sadhunam, to protect the devotees. It means, to, it means they're... they're, they're they're endangered, if you will, by by their feelings of separation. Their their they, 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 their their life has no meaning without union with him. For them, he comes. He does other things too. These things. In other words, he dispels the influence of Maya. That's a byproduct, or uh, because he comes for those who are not under that spell. Hmm? Hmm. For those who are, of course, then he helps to remove that, that, that we may become lovers as well, which is required to come out from underneath that influence. Is uh, the possibility for love lies therein alone, hmm? under the influence of things and thoughts, and the tyranny of the of the mind attached to things. Hmm? How is it possible to be a giver, to be a lover? Hmm? We feel the necessity to take, to acquire, to be more. We feel empty by such identification. So to come out from underneath that. So his presence, by the power of the, of, of the devotees, hmm? it means the devotee's necessity warrants his appearance in the world. Hmm? Hmm? That necessity, their necessity, is bhakti. So under the power of bhakti, atmamaya, he's my own shakti. I'm the fire. My heat and light hmm, is over here. I have to, wherever my heat and light is, I have to be there as well. Hmm? Wherever my smoke is, I don't have to be. Wherever the sparks, I don't have to be. Wherever the heat and light is, I have to be there. Hmm? So when bhakti comes to us from a bhakta, hmm, Krishna has to go there. He has no choice in the matter. We say that the shaktis of Krishna are one with him and different from him. But the Maya Shakti is more different than one. The Jeev Shakti is one and different and kind of could go either way. Its fulfillment, its full potential will be to go in the direction of the Sarup Shakti, which is more like him than different. The opposite end of the spectrum. Maya is more different than like him, and Srupa Shakti Bhakti is more like him than different. 
Under her influence, he comes hmm, into the world, which is, a, which is another way of entering the world, if you will. Our way is a little bit different. Hmm? Therefore, our entry is such that we don't know we're here. Hmm? We don't know who we are and where we are. Hmm? And we're not here in a way that we're unaffected by the environment. Krishna knows he's here and he's unaffected by the environment. Hmm? And he's, he's bringing with him, he's coming under the influence of another environment, this bhakti. Hmm? And so by his descent in the world, which then becomes the story of the devotees. Hmm? This is the story of Janmasmi, the story of Krishna taking birth in the world. It's the story of you becoming a devotee. Actually, that's what the story is. Hmm? Of you becoming a devotee. Hmm? They're all interesting ideas. They have, they give hope and prospect to us. They speak to us about more about our how we experience life than the physical physicalist perspective or story um, speaks about. So, you, you want to talk about which is true? We don't have to look at the details necessarily. What's true? But how true is the story? How does it speak to us about the way we experience life? Hmm? that we're an experiencer, even. The one story says you're not. The other says you are, you're an agent of action, you have qualitative experiences, you're an apprehender, you're eternal, you have a, you're, you're uh, aware, you have potential for love, you're lovable. Hmm? We feel like that. Hmm? This confirms it, hmm? the story of John Mastami, and at the same time tells us why the story that we think about ourselves is not quite working out. Hmm? Hmm? Because of the environment in which it's playing itself out under the influence of Maya Shakti. Hmm? And the story invites us, as they say, to enter into, into the, under the inf- come under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, which is the influence by which Krishna is in the world and knows it and is not affected by it. Hmm? How not to be affected by it? Something like it means something. The power of love. It's said that um, that there that cold is the absence of heat. Hmm? There's no such thing as cold from a physics point of view. It's only absence of heat. There's no such thing as darkness from a physics point of view. It's only absence of light. Hmm? And so there's no such thing as evil. It's only absence of love of God. Hmm? This is the idea. Hmm? We can say, yeah, well, I've seen a lot of people loving God out there, cutting other people's heads off and stuff like that. That's why we need some philosophy hmm? to underlying our idea of love of God. The story of Janamastami is a very uh, philosophically deep story. You know, there are only two places in the world where philosophy has sprouted. Hmm? Systematic philosophy, an analysis of of matter, if there is a world, or if there isn't a world, um, uh, and so on and so forth, all these kinds of thoughts. These sprung up in two places in the world, in India and in Europe. Hmm? That's where the whole philosophical legacy of, of the world come from, these two center points. From India, it spreads a little bit to China and you know, Buddhism and so forth, and Taoism. It's all 
related to Hinduism. And then Europe, from the Europe to the Americas and so forth. And, I'll say further, that the European philosophical enterprise, it has its beginnings in Greece. In Greece, it's pretty close to India. It's pretty close. And if you look carefully at, like uh, Whitehead said, Alfred North Whitehead said that, that all philosophy, Western philosophy, is a footnote to, uh, to Plato. Hmm? So Plato is pretty close to India. You find in Europe a Neoplatonism. Hmm? Um, that if you look at it, it's very much like Advaita Vedanta. I mean, his whole idea, of course, of a mathematical world, a world of mathematical um, truths that are non-physical, hmm? is uh, a way, in a Western philosophical language, if you will, of talking about our idea of a super-subjective realm of play, of Leela. Hmm? Uh, and, of course, we also know that one of the most significant historical, factual, if you will, things, factual things, <laughs> things in the objective world that uh, give evidence from a from a objective point of view of the existence of Krishna in the world hmm? comes from the Greeks. Hmm? The great uh, Heliodorus, I think it's called, column in in Delhi, to, to a tribute made by a Greek ambassador representing his constituency in Greece. To the, to the god Vasudev. Hmm? It's inscribed on there, the god of gods. Hmm? About being, knowing, and, and loving. Hmm? So, it's interesting. It's a side point. But these are the two places in which philosophy grew, developed. Europe and India. And it's, it's worth considering that the European enterprise is not without a touch from India, but the Indian enterprise of philosophy, without any touch with, with, with Europe, hmm? Hmm? Uh, um, uh, developed on its own, not on its, well, out of and out of revelation. Hmm? The European philosophical enterprise developed by moving away from revelation. The Eastern, the Western revelation of the Bible and uh, Christ and so forth. Hmm? Moving away from that, philosophy became, used to be a handmaiden to theology, it became unhinged, and then thinking freely, to think freely, hmm? is one philosophy, and another philosophy is to become free from thinking. Hmm? This is the difference between the East and the West, the West and the East. To think freely, and see where it gets you. You end up thinking that you don't exist. Hmm? Uh, this is physicalism. There's no self. Hmm? There's no love. There's, there's no good or bad. Hmm? There's no meaning. There's no purpose. Hmm? And you're driven hmm, to make this point hmm? for, for some reason. <laughs> and to have debates about it, even though your own philosophy uh, states that the, the, the reason has no hmm, <laughs> no significance. Hmm? 
Uh, this is a kind of, uh, it's kind of silly. Uh, yeah. uh, but this is the Western philosophical enterprise. This is, this is thinking unhinged from revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is this very simple principle hmm, that, that reality is bigger than ourselves, hmm, and if it wants us to know itself, it can. Otherwise, it's not possible. Hmm? It's, it's, not a, it's not a stretch. If you say revelation, some old book, and all this mumbo-jumbo in there, that's one thing. But it, what is the principle? Hmm? Shudamarsh put it in mathematical language when he reasoned, how can the finite know the infinite? Hmm? Mathematically impossible. But if the infinite should choose to make itself known to the finite, well, that's what infinite means. It can do the infinite. It can do anything. Hmm? Infinite possibilities. So for the infinite, it's not, it's not impossible. But from the finite perspective, it's impossible. This is the principle of revelation. That as I've said before, if we want perfect knowing, and we do, everyone is pursuing perfect knowing, perfect knowledge, hmm? by which they can be perfectly happy. Hmm? We say that you need a perfect method. Hmm? Reasoning alone, intellectual enterprise alone, is not a perfect method. Hmm? Therefore, every reasoning can be overturned by another reasoning. Hmm? You just listen to a debate on two subjects long enough, and it just you know you just go from one side to the other, one side to the other. The conviction on one side or another is a psychological conviction. It's not a ra- rational conviction. It's portrayed as such, but it's a psychological proclivity that propensity that causes you to adopt one side of the argument or another side of the argument. Hmm? And this is the statement of the Vedanta. What? Mm. What is it? Tarko pratishtanat. Hmm? That reasoning alone, kevalyukti, this kind of reasoning, free thinking alone, will never be such that you can arrive at a conclusive truth. Pratishta means some standing. You'll never get firm ground by this alone. That ground can always be overturned. And, of course, if you say, well, we, we say that can be overturned, we say, yeah, that's the point. If you say the point I'm making can be, we say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Therefore, if you want firm ground of knowing, perfect knowing, you need a different method. This is the method. With folded hands, we should approach with the idea, I'm imperfect, I don't know. That I know. Hmm? Perfectly. Hmm? If you know that perfectly, <laughs> that you don't know, then you are in a position to know. Hmm? Those who say they know Brahman, Shruti says, they don't know Brahman. Those who say, I don't know Brahman, they know Brahman. Hmm? Hmm? Unknown and unknowable, but lovable. What is perfect knowing? Hmm? A fellow asked me the other day, so do you know everything? I said, yeah, but I have to explain what that means. Hmm? It's a kind of knowing wherein one knows that there's nothing else that needs to be known. That's perfect knowing. I know everything now. I know something, knowing which 
Nothing else needs to be known. And a lot of other things that could be known. Hmm? A lot of other details and so forth about the so-called objective world, and this and that, but it's not necessary. Hmm? This is comprehensive knowing. And that kind of knowing, that kind of knowing that, 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 that satisfies one, hmm? that kind of knowing, knowing the object of love hmm? and how, how to offer love and so forth. This is bhakti. Hmm? By which one can become perfectly satisfied. This is perfect knowing. Hmm? This, again, this is what the story of Janamastami speaks to us about. It's a very reasonable and very, very pertinent uh, subjects, very, 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 very relevant hmm, to our um, human condition, and 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 we may, let us say, then we arrive at this perfect knowledge with what the story of Janmashtami says, and we experience I'm an Atma, hmm? and and I have, I've by, by the influence of Bhakti, the Sarup Shakti, I love the object, my source, Krishna. Hmm? As a, as a, as a cowherd boy, hmm? this is my experience. Then, from the corners of the darkness, the shadows of Western philosophy, the, the question comes: How do you know that your experience is what your experience get to be? Hmm? We say you think too much. And that's the problem. Hmm? Your thinking should be tied to revelation. Hmm? We have the Eastern, Western revelation. We have the Eastern revelation, the Upanishads, hmm? and Vyasa's attempt to make a uh, consistent uh, 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 presentation of what all those various sounds are saying, how they're all making a concerted point. That's called theology. First attempt of this in the world. It comes from the East. Hmm? And then the development of that reaches its pinnacle in the form of the Bhagavat. And here we find the story of Janamastami. The unborn is born. Hmm? And the world beyond us, if you will, the reality that's greater than us, wants to make itself known to us. Hmm? Why? Hmm? Uh, because somebody who knows him is is here hmm? so as a byproduct of coming to that person who, who a devotee coming to the world because devotees uh, can't exist without him that's what the prakat lila is about you know as you progress in bhakti eventually you will take birth somewhere in a, in a black hole <laughs> in another universe <laughs> where 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 the Krishna Leela is going on hmm? to have the hands-on development there to become a full-time player, so to speak. Hmm? Hmm? That Leela is appearing somewhere in the world because of some devotees. What are the quality of those devotees if they can draw Krishna hmm? from the Deva Leela to perform the Nada Leela with all of its charm, how it plays out you, all, with all its humanness, hmm? by which all of our human emotions are touched and have the opportunity to make a connection with the Absolute. Hmm? This is such an uh, extraordinary idea. Hmm? We as humans 
are feelers. We are emotional beings. The story of Krishna, as we go through the leelas of Krishna, we find, why do we laugh at certain points and are charmed by certain points? Because it's like us. He's like us. Oh, he's like us. He feels, yeah, I get that. I know why he feels like that. Because I feel like that. Hmm? I have friends. I have parents. Hmm? I have that experience of Sakya, Vatsalya, of Madhurya. Hmm? There's no story. There are different stories, that's true, that are similar to the Janamastami story. In essence, they, take, they teach us some basic ideas, the likes of which we're speaking about, that this, there's a soul, for example, it's transcendental, and so on. But at this story, that is developed to the point that, 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 that we come to the person of Krishna and the charming possibilities in the subjective world that so much conform to or relate to, correspond with our human experience. That it's, 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 it's kind of, I look at it as kind of the trump card if you argue philosophically with another sect like Advaitins or Ramanujas and so forth and so on. Different ways of talking about it. You reach a, they have their faith, they have their scriptural citations and so forth. You may reach a, a point of, well, Okay, you've got yours, I've got mine, I see you've got support for it. And then we pull out. But ours, you have to admit, is more charming. Hmm? Hmm? Krishna Leela is more beautiful, more charming. It touches more the human heart, the human experience. It, it, it validates more what we as humans experience and think life should be and is about. Hmm? It's not at all, an, if you look at it carefully, an artificial imposition. Hmm? Like Advaita Vedanta says, your consciousness, not matter. Hmm? But it says, at the same time, you're not an individual. Hmm? Yeah, and you're just a pulsating consciousness, being, just being, being, contentless awareness. Uh, that's very different than how we experience ourselves. The Gaudiya conception of the self is such that Exactly how you experience yourself is how you are. You just have to remove the material environment, the smoke, and come under the heat and light. Hmm? Of course, there's a big difference between smoke and heat and light. So it's very different at the same time. It's very much the same. Hmm? You may think, well, as a point was made to me, you would think the transcendence would be very different. Hmm? It's very the same, and it's very different. At the same time, this is pretty pertinent, or you would expect, you expect such from, from the Chinti Beta Beta perspective. Hmm? So, if we arrive at this, if we arrive at the experience, hmm, there will be, you can think beforehand, if you like, well, what if you go deep within your meditation and you experience the Yuranatman, all this stuff, and there's Krishna and you have the relationship, and but but uh, your experience is, is not what you think it is. It's a, it's a hallucination or something like that. We have to learn to trust some, to some extent our experience. Ultimately, it is our experience that we trust more than anything else. It is the ultimate pramanam. Hmm? No matter how much I try to convince you of one thing, if you've experienced it differently, it will be very difficult to change your mind. Hmm? Hmm? And the experience will be such that that question will not arise. 
But how to arrive there, that's the question. And this is, of course, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has, has offered us. He's offered us a, a, a method to this madness of the story of, of, of John Mastami, hmm? the flute player, Krishna, taking birth on earth, and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? His method is very reasonable and interesting. Um, his method is basically to embrace the divine logos. Logos is, of course, a Greek term. It means a number of things, but the two that I want to highlight is it means word, right, the logos, or in this case, name. And logos also means logic, meaning. Hmm? Word and meaning. Name and meaning. Hmm? What's in a name? So much in a name. If you take from a graphic artist's point of view, hmm, and I say, hey, I've got a job for you. I need a logo. It's a small job. Hmm? It's a small job. I need a logo. The graphic artist will say, oh, that's a big job. You want your whole company and the essence of it and all that it represents in a little tiny thing. That's a big job. That'll cost quite a bit more. But it's such a small thing. Hmm? The big things come in small packages. Hmm? Hmm? The statement of the Bhagavatam, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, it's like one line of one verse out of 18,000 verses out of the entirety of the scripture that's thousands and millions of verses and so forth. And someone brought up the point to Jiva Goswami. And you're going to make so much out of one, one line? He said, big things come in small packages. Hmm? The sutras are very small. Hmm? But they have big meaning. Hmm? And of course, he went on the road to write the whole Krishna Sandarbha and then play the Krishna Sandarbha out in a narrative in the form of Gopal Champu. Hmm? Hmm. All out of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, one, one line. This is a cornerstone of the philosophy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? That Krishna, Narayan is like Krishna, but Krishna is not like Narayan. Hmm? The possibilities of love with Krishna include Vatsalya, Madhurya, Sakya, the full face of love. Hmm? So it's important to understand the foundational position of Krishna in t- because as such, then all possibilities of love can be found therein. Hmm? Um, so, the method, Mahaprabhu said, he took the name. Hmm? What's in a name? So many, Everything's there. If you get the name, the person, then you, you have the person. I say, did you get his name? Hmm? Then we can find him. Hmm? Then we can find her. So, so much in a name that he developed a whole Nam Dharma. Rupa Goswami, his dear most, said in his Namastakam that Nikila Shuti Api Ratnamolyam. The sounds of the Upanishads of Revelation, the original Eastern Revelation, the sounds, Tatvam Hasi, Neti Neti, Aham Brahmasmi, all these sounds, he said, they're like jewels, they give light. Hmm? But if we look carefully at them, they're all seeking to shed light on one sound made of two syllables, Krishna. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said it like this. Jiva Goswami says, Mahaprabhu said this. Bhagavan Mahaprabhu, he says, Shrotam api Upanasharam dure harikatamrita. Hmm? The sounds of the Upanishads light 
giving like jewels. Hmm? They're actually deriving their light from the son of Krishna Nam. Hmm? Saying it the other way around. And those lights unto themselves leave one, take one to a place that's far away from where you can go in the super-subjective world by the vehicle of Krishnanam and Krishnakata. Dure Harikatamrita. Dure means far. From the Harikatamritam, the Amritam, hmm? the immortal nectar hmm? feeling of Harikata, come Pashru Pulakadaya, all these things will come. Hmm? He says, you cannot get these kind of transformations of ecstasy. If you read the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, for example, about sattvika bhikara, these transformations of ecstasy, involuntary tears, hair standing on end, complexion changing. It's happening in the lila. It's happening in, 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 a, in a super subjective, meditative, real form. As a lover of, uh, as a handmaiden of Radha, as the friend of Krishna, hmm? all the examples. Hmm? You get a body, a body of ecstasy, where the, all the movement, the voluntary movements are anubhav, the involuntary movements are satvikabhavs. Hmm? Emotions, all in relation to the object of love. The whole, what did Yiva Goswami say about it? Brahma Samhita says, he said, there, Brahma says, that place, all of the walking is dancing. All the talking, the singing. Jiva Goswami said, what must be the talking, dancing then? What must be the singing there? What must it be like? Hmm? Deep within the subjective world. The beginning is just, there's a difference between matter and consciousness. That's huge. We're going so far from there. Hmm? And bhaje sheta dvipam tamam golokomitiyam. Brahma says, that place, it's also known as sheta dvip. It's known to very few, few rare people, he says. Hmm? That Golok is known as Svetadweep. That Svetadweep, that is Nadia. Hmm? That is the place of Mahabhu's pastimes. And Golokero Premodhana Hodinam Sankirtan. He brought that from Golok this Prem that makes that world go round hmm? to this world. In his Nadia Leela. Hmm? And this is the method to his madness, this Namsan Kirtan. Hmm? It's not like chanting Coca Cola, Coca Cola. Hmm? No. <laughs> this is the, it, it's the logos. It, it, there's logic to this, there's meaning, there's reasoning to this, there's much philosophy, there's a whole Dharma to the Nam. Hmm? And the efficacy of the Nam is evident in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Hmm? Who in whose sadaka deha these uh, so-called hmm? practitioner's body, in as much as he's Krishna and his acharya lila, acting as the acharya, all these transformations came about. Hmm?
<laughs> Krishnadas is writing about that in his book. I saw them in, in that form, not in the Leela form. In the, this is another Leela, he's, he's realized. Hmm? There is no person on the fa- religious figure or secular figure, surely, in the, on the face of the earth, in the history of the world, hmm, that is more of an embodiment of divine ecstasy than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? This is a, just a factual account, if you will. Hmm? It's staggering. And the Goswamis took that person, that ecstasy, and they've located on the map of the sacred texts. And where did it, where did it find itself? Hmm? In the depths of, of the subjective world, in Krishna's most introspective moments, wondering, what is it that Radha sees in me that makes her so extraordinary that although everybody loves me, I love her. What is it about her? It brings his own attractiveness into question in his mind. Everyone's attracted to me, but I'm attracted to her. Am I all attractive? Of course, then he realizes that what makes her the way she is is something in him that only she sees. Hmm? And he wants to see that. And in that spirit, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is coming, singing and dancing and showing the way. Hmm? Hmm? Through this singing and dancing, you will, you will meet your match and your maker. Hmm? You don't have to get on a matchmaking site. You can meet your match and you can meet your maker. Hmm? And they're the same. And as you cultivate your relationship with the match, the fact that he's your maker, that will fade to the background. Hmm? Hmm? This is the Vrindavan love. Hmm? The fact that he's the maker, that's, that comes to the fore in the beginning. And the more you understand, I met, made my, met my match. My soulmate, you want a soulmate? It's Krishna. <laughs> Hmm? Then the fact that he's a maker, that will go to the background. This is the Brajlila. Hmm? This is Janamastami. Mother Yasoda, there's two sides, we'll see it. There's Devaki's experience, there's Yasoda's experience. Hmm? We have to kind of go through Devaki's experience to get to Yasoda's experience. Hmm? That is the ideal, and that ideal, Krishna is really her son. Hmm? We heard this morning, he appeared before Vasudeva and Devaki with forearms and bangles and a crown. And not too many kids are born like that. Hmm? But Yashoda's child, that is hmm? soft like butter. Hmm? <laughs> and the baby in every way. Hmm? This Vatsali Lila cannot be complete without the Nara Lila, neither the Madhuri Lila. Hmm? It's coming for these reasons. So, this is what Mahaprabhu's Namsan Kirtan wants to... Uh, give us direct experience of. And so, we're happy to be able to, uh, uh, to, we're humble, I should say, to have the opportunity to teach about this in a systematic way hmm, to yet another uh, blessed person who has been captivated by the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in an honest and earnest search for, for God or for truth hmm? and, um, and, and, and realizes that she needs to do it systematically. It's a big world. 
the subjective world. You've got to navigate away from the objective world of things and the world of thoughts under themselves or thoughts about things. That's a big course. And and then hmm, to get out of the ocean, to get to the shore, and then what the possibilities lie. So come forward. We need some help for that. Hmm? So this we give blessing to chant Harinam. Oh, we don't have the... Give me some tea lock. Quickly. Okay, so... Come. I ask your help. Yeah, hold on. Like this. You put those two ends together, please. You decided to go to the, through life as a team. Right? A team. So... See, now he's making a statement that I... I can do this. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so, see, he's giving the full support to your spiritual pursuit, right? Yeah, so that's, that's, of course, exactly. That's the right thing to say. So, now, um, I talked to you about chanting, right? Yes. And um, so you have agreed to... Follow certain practice for a certain period of time, a number of rounds here. You can count on those. Other devotees can show you how to do that. And if I need water too, well, I'll just give you this. Okay, yeah. So, you need some water. I want to give you the tapa, pundra, nam, yagya. What's the other one? Tapa, Pundra, Nam, Yagya, Mantra. Okay, these are the five ingredients. Oh, goodness. They packaged it good these days, fortunately. There we go. So the pundra is a tilak. Pundra means there are different kinds of tilak, but pundra means tilak like this, up, instead of like this. That's for Shiva. He's good too. Vaishnavana <laughs> Nitashambhu. He's a great devotee himself. But that's another lecture. So, But the Vaishnavas... The devotees of Vishnu, Krishna, they wear the tilak like this. So when you chant your japa in the morning, you put on the tilak. Maybe that's better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, that is the and this is called Tapa. Like Krishna's name, Krishna. Tapa, Pundra. Hmm. The Yagya, sacrifice. So it is mentioned in Bhagavatam, this, the chanting itself is a um, 
form of yagya or sacrifice, the one recommended for this age. So you can do the sankirtan. When you get the second initiation, you can do the yagya that's relative to the rituals for the deity and so forth. So, nam, nam, and I will give you the name. Nam, pundra, yagya, tapa, and mantra. So in this case, the mantra is the nam. Hmm. I'll, give, I'll give you a name too, but this is a nam mantra. Okay. Yeah, your name is Deva Priya. Deva Priya. Let's see. Hare Krishna. Okay. Deva mean Deva means God. And Deva also means play. So it means the playful God. That means Krishna. It's a name for Krishna. And Priya means dear. So who's dear means who's dear to God when people ask you, What's that name? It means dear to God. Oh that's nice. And if you want to go further, it's the playful God. Who's easier to be dear to. Hmm? Okay? Deva Priya Devi Kidai. Very nice. Okay. So, that concludes our discussion this morning. And thank you for your time and attention and interest. And now we'll proceed with the Abhishek for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And, and you'll lead the kirtan? And you'll play the harmonium? Right. Okay. And then you can sit, we chant, Abhishek, and then there'll be Arctic, we stand, more kirtan. This again, this is the method, right? This was the way. Nam Sankirtan ki jai, Purnitananda ki jai, Shri Krishna Janmastami Mahamasvati ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande. Yeah.